They say in ministry that it's never good to follow children, so, uh, but uh, we'll do that. Now, we're uh, going to have a very special Mother's Day as moms here in our church, but as we begin, I'm going to have you look at Romans chapter 16 with me. We've been on a Romans road trip here at church for about a year now, and we're a few chapters from the end, but if you'd allow me, I'm going to skip to the last chapter before uh, some women come up and share in our church, and I want to look for just a few moments at Romans chapter 16. It's a unique chapter in the Bible because it's a chapter of greetings. It's primarily all Paul saying hi to different people in the church, the people that he wanted to greet in Rome. And 10 of these 28 people, 10 of the 28 people that he wants to greet are women. Paul has been blamed for oppressing women throughout church history because a very kind of blatant comment that he makes in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 34 where he says that women should remain silent in the church. And from that, people think, well, that's how women should be inside of the church. But in reality, when you read what Paul writes throughout all of his epistles, and that's most of the New Testament, you realize that Paul really does mention a lot of women that stand alongside him in the preaching of the gospel. That he has women in his life that are partners, or what we would call fellow laborers. When you go back to Jesus' ministry in Luke chapter 8, verses 1 through 3, Luke tells us that Jesus had women disciples. Not only did the twelve follow him, but we see in those three verses in uh, Luke chapter 8 that there were a number of women that traveled with Jesus as well and supported his ministry, and they were constant companions to Jesus and the disciples. And along with Jesus, Paul has these fellow laborers that work alongside him for the gospel. And when you look at Romans chapter 16, you see some very prominent women in the early church. Probably the most prominent there in chapter 16 is Priscilla. And what's interesting about Priscilla is that she is always mentioned ahead of her husband. It's Priscilla and Aquila, not just here in the book of Romans, but throughout the New Testament, beginning in the book of Acts, that Priscilla is mentioned first. We know that she worked right alongside Paul in discipling and also to the point of of almost risking her life for the sake of the gospel. And it's not just Priscilla that we see, but it's interesting that Paul, when he has this letter hand-delivered, when he's taking this letter and he's going to share it with the Romans, and it's his most important, it's the deepest, most profound thing he's written, he entrusts the care and delivery of this letter to the Roman church in the hands of a woman. And that woman's name is Phoebe. And I want you to look at Romans chapter 16, verses 1 and 2 with me quickly. It says, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who is a deacon in the church in Centria. Welcome her in the Lord as one worthy of honor among God's people. Help her in whatever she needs, for she has been helpful to many and especially to me. We see Phoebe is a deacon in the church, a leader in the church, and also Paul mentions that she is worthy of honor, which is a statement that he gives toward leadership in the church. And so what we see is, even in the early church, that women played a strong role in the church. 
Now, if you come to Christian Life Church, this is no surprise to you that, that this is what we believe. But there are some that say that, well, I don't think women really have a place in the church or a place to speak in the church. And I just want to tell you today, and this is for everyone, that there is no one marginalized in the kingdom of God. God loves everyone, and he gives gifts, and he gives abilities, and there is no Greek, there is no Jew, there is no male, there is no female in God's eyes that he blesses you. And so there are no excuses for not serving God the way that he created you. He's given you gifts, he's given you abilities, and everyone is called to share their life with God and his church. What I love about what's going to happen here today is that there's going to be various women that come across the pulpit and share this morning. And what I realize about these women is that they are all strong and that God has done something great in their life. Last night, we got to hear from two uh, wives of pastor council members, Lori Ullman and Laura Spencer, and uh, they're not going to be sharing today. They shared last night. We're going to put both services online so you can listen, but, but, but Laura and Lori's testimonies were just so powerful last night. And we're con- going to continue that theme with Jennifer Schmidt. She's going to begin us today, and, and uh, she's in Iowa visiting her grandmother who's ill, um, but she's giving a word via video, and uh, she's on our pastor's council, newest member of our pastor's council, and then other pastor's council wives are going to come up. Uh, Heather Johnson's going to start us off, and then Laura D'Angelo. Jody's going to be uh, speaking uh, via video because she's worked so hard this weekend. And so we videotaped her just in case because she worked so hard. And then Amanda Nisley is going to uh, wrap us up today. But I'm just going to invite you to sit back, open your Bibles, because each is going to have a verse uh, for us today. And I want you just to receive what the Lord has for you, because God's going to speak loud and clear to us uh, this morning. Uh, but we're going to begin with Jen Schmidt. And uh, just turn your attention toward the screen and get your Bibles, your sermon notes out, and get ready to go on this very special Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. My name is Jen Schmidt, for those of you who do not know me. Um, And I am not here with you today because I'm in Iowa, per my mother's request to celebrate Mother's Day with my mom and grandmothers in Iowa at church. So I hope that everything is going well in service here. I miss being with you guys. Um, And I just want to share a little bit about my story. So I am a fourth generation Christian woman of God. Um, My great-grandmother was a very strong Christian. I never had the opportunity to meet her. My grandmother is a Christian and was a pastor's wife. My mother is a Christian and is a pastor's wife, and I am a Christian all these years later. So I think that's quite the testimony in this day and age, and I'm very proud to be able to say that I come from such a heritage. Um, So I'm happy to be a part of my family. I want to thank my mom for sticking with the faith and keeping me in church all of these years. I want to read a Bible verse to you guys really quickly. It has some common things that I'm sure you've heard in it before, but that's not what sticks out to me in it. Um, it's in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 5. This is the Apostle Paul writing to Timothy. He says, I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that that same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So the last part is catchy, and I'm sure everyone knows it. Um, But this verse always means a lot to me because it's written to Timothy, a third-generation Christian. And there's not that many of us in the world, so I always kind of get drawn back to it. 
You might think that my life is easy and perfect because I grew up in a strong Christian family. Let me assure you that's not the case. Um, just because someone's a Christian doesn't mean life's perfect. Just because my mom's a Christian doesn't mean she's perfect. Just because I'm a Christian doesn't mean I'm perfect. And I assure you, by no means is our relationship perfect. My mother can attest to that for you whenever you see her. Um, but I do have to say that I've been blessed to have a mother who believes in God. So regardless of any tiff that we've gotten in over the years, I know that it's come from a good place. She wants the best for me, just like God wants the best for me. So whenever she pushes me to do something that I don't want to do, whenever she's concerned for me when she shouldn't be concerned for me, it's from a good place in her heart, um, and I appreciate that to this day. The thing that speaks to me about that Bible verse, for any of you that are in a similar situation to me, who have grown up in the church um, and have a mom that's pushed them and made them go to church on Sundays when they don't want to and made them go to church on Wednesdays when they don't want to, I've been there, and I think it's worth it in the end, and I would just encourage you, You've been given an extra responsibility because you've had the opportunity to be raised with a Christian mom who has chosen to push you and chosen to be a blessing in your life and pour her faith into you. Um, so you have this little seed of faith that your mom planted into you before you really had a choice. Some of you may not like that and some of you may not even realize that. But as you become adult, it's your responsibility to fan that little seed of God that your mom planted in there for you yourself. So as I've gotten older, I've really realized how amazing it is that my grandma is still a Christian and that her kids are still Christians and that their kids are still Christians. That's a miracle unto itself, and it doesn't happen naturally. Um, it's something that you really have to fight for. Uh, so I would just encourage you to fan into flame all the gifts that your mom has given to you over the years. Really appreciate them really fight to keep them and really fight to cultivate them more than your mom could even imagine. That's the thing that would make her happiest. And just to kind of circle back for a minute, um, I'm an only child on top of all of this too, so I've been a little smothered at some points in my life. My parents love me and they want to know everything about what's going on in my life at all times and if they had their way, they would like have a current news stream live feed of the goings on of my life. However, I'm an independent person and am not <laughs> wanting that to happen at all. So I don't know how old your kids might be or how old you as a kid are, but I guarantee you that even though I have great parents, they have gotten on my nerves many a time and I guarantee you I have hurt their feelings many a time. So on Mother's Day, I would just take a moment to pause and reflect and think about life from their perspective. Um, as I've gotten older, I'm trying to make an effort to really appreciate all the reasons why my mom cares about me and why she wants to know. Um, and I think the best and easiest thing that you could do for your mom this Mother's Day is just tell her that you appreciate her and that you love her and that you're thankful for her. Give her a hug. Give her all the things that she wants every day of the year but you don't do. This is the day to do it. And then maybe a couple other days during the year too. So that's my encouragement to you. Um, mom, if you're watching this one day, I love you. Thank you for making me go to church, and thank you for always being there to talk to me about whatever's going on in my life, whether or not I want to share it. So, happy Mother's Day, everyone. Good morning. My name is Heather. 
again, I say hi to you guys two weeks in a row. It's awesome. Um, as uh, many of you guys have known, my journey to motherhood um, has been, um, it, it was a hard one. It, Deirdre and I prayed for years um, for our child. Um, and <clears throat> in that waiting time, I tried to hold on to hope, and sometimes, if only by a tiny little thread, um, the Lord showed me scriptures throughout that whole time, particularly when the why questions began. Uh, why me? Why this? Why are you torturing me with this burden of motherhood? And it's unfulfilled. And time after time, he gave me Romans 5, 3 through 5. It says, we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. In other words, suffering is not meaningless for us as Christians. All things work together for the good of those who love him. And how amazing that we have his love as we're going through our, our trials and our tribulations. Can you imagine going through it without that? I, I certainly can't. Uh, Romans 12, 12 says, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. And let's be honest, how many of us would be praying as much as we are praying if we weren't going through something? <laughs> how many of us would be coming to church as often as we were? And, and also, how many of us um, would actually help other people who are going through the same thing or encourage them, um, even if it's not the same thing, but they're going through something? Um, I can firmly say that it probably won't be happening as much if we weren't going through something. Um, God knows what's best for our refining and for our character building. And praise God, he gives us hope in the midst of trials. Where would we be without hope? We'd be hopeless, depressed, and worst of all, we'd be faithless. We must have hope and faith in God to perform our miracles, the healing of our body, the healing of relationships, giving us food to eat, homes to live in, jobs, housing. Um, how blessed we are already in this country. It's amazing. And, you know, as Pastor can attest to, being in other countries, um, it's amazing to see what they are going through, and their faith is stronger than ours many times. Uh, we are blessed here. Um, Hebrews 11, 1 through 3, says, Faith is a confidence that we, what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we can't see. And Psalms 42, 5 says, Why so downcast, O my soul? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior, my God. The, blessed, the best place to put our hope is in God. He even takes care of the flowers and feeds the birds. How much more will he take care of us? Romans 15:13 says, "May the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you overflow with hope by the Holy Spirit." <clears throat> Mother's Day used to be the worst day of the year for me. It was very hard to celebrate a desire yet unfulfilled. But now it's a day, day of joyful celebration 
as our hope was fulfilled. His word was proven. His mighty power was evident in our miracle son, Jaden. We are so thankful to God for this blessing. And we are praying for many other couples that we know who are waiting for their miracle child and ask that you do the same. I'm going to put a picture up here. Um, My favorite verse now, and this was on our fridge when we were praying for him. He gives the childless woman a family, making her a happy mother. Praise the Lord. Hi, Heather, that was beautiful. Touched my heart. Um, first, I'd like to tell you just a little bit about myself. My name is Laura D'Angelo. I've been married for 21 years to Jim, and we have five children. Here at church, you probably know us as the pizza family. I live what I like to believe as a normal life. I live in the suburbs. I have a husband that works hard to provide for his family. And I live in a community where I'm surrounded by people who see the best in me and want the best for me. Uh, My childhood was a lot different than that. I grew up in a divorced home with very little stability. Two parents trying to figure out their own lives after getting divorced just created me being left alone a lot, which led me to figure things out on my own. Sorry, I was raised not to rely on anybody, and the way I coped was to create my own stability. I would make dinner for my sister, do our laundry, and I went as far as paying my own high school fees. I watched my mom live her life pretty alone, not many friends, not a community where she could get the support that she needed. She was living her life just to survive. I know this is where I learned that the world was against, it was me against the world. So I began living my life trying to hide my childhood pain. And this is when I made a vow to myself that when I had my own children, I would do whatever I needed to do for them so that they did not have to experience the pain that I felt growing up. I wanted them to feel secure. What I did not provide for them was a sense of community. I still believed I could do it all myself. I'm going to fast forward to 1997, and I had our third child, Nicholas, and a lot of you may have known him. He was diagnosed at birth with a rare syndrome called Cornelia Delange syndrome which affects him physically as well as mentally. (laughs) Needless to say, I was devastated with this diagnosis, and this really enforced my beliefs that the world is against me. We just started going to church here, but that didn't change what I was saying to myself, that if God loved me, he would never allow this to happen. I don't think I really felt too much after Nick's birth, but what I did know was he was going to need help beyond me. But it was still about me doing for him. I was going to get him all the therapies he needed so that he could have every opportunity in his life. What was interesting during this process was that I began to see the support that Nick was receiving from all his therapists. They weren't just loosening his muscles, teaching him signs so he could communicate. They were rooting for him. They wanted him to succeed. It was the first time that I had ever experienced a community, a place where you feel loved, challenged, seen, and cared for. While I was able to accept help for Nick, I resisted it for myself. I still believed that I could do it alone. As I watched Nick thrive in his community, 
I began to realize it was me who had the disability. Nick lives his life wanting to be with people. He lives wanting to be in a community. And this is when I began wanting more for myself. I have begun to seek community, and even though I'm fighting myself against it, I know this is what I want and need. Nick's diagnosis has been the greatest gift God could have given me, which brings me to one of my favorite passages that I wanted to share with you. Matthew 7, verses 9 through 11. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. If you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? As I continued to read this passage, it became clear to me that Nick's diagnosis was a blessing, not a curse. All along, I was asking for a God for a gift that would finally make me realize that I cannot live my life alone. I needed God in a community that was accepting, loving, and will challenge me to be the best I can be. And this is what he did when he gave me Nick. I know there will be, I know there will be what appears to be more stones in my life, and I'm thankful that God will continue to open my eyes to see that these really aren't stones. Thank, for you. Thank you for listening and allowing me to share. kids pantry where we serve families uh, weekly it's the open year round and this is the inspiration for my Bible verse that I'm going to share this morning uh, thank you guys for letting me do this on video I've had a really busy couple weeks getting ready for the big giveaway that's in the gym uh, but my first that I'd like to share with you is James 2 14 through 17 what good is it my brothers if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds can such a faith save him Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, Go, I wish you well, keep warm and be well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accomplished by action, it is dead. And God put this verse on my heart a few years ago. I really was inspired by this verse. I, I didn't know why I was inspired, but it really, it really spoke to me. Um, and then... Uh, we had food day fall in our lap, and it started with Liz, uh, a woman at our church. She had extra food, and I came, picked it up at her house. We put it on the sidewalks outside, and I called as many people as I could and said, come get some free food, and then it gradually grew to now being set up in the gym by uh, at least 10 volunteers, and uh, we're serving the community. We have about, um, I would say, 50 people that come every Friday and get free food, and 50 people that absolutely need it. So it's wonderful to serve them that way. Um, then we also have our kids' pantry that's open year-round. We always have clothes and uh, bins that are stocked for the season, uh, and it's open to the community, not just our church. Uh, we really want to get the word out there that Christian Life Church is here to bless the community. And twice a year we have our big giveaways, which is what you'll see in the gym where we set it up by tables and uh, set it up like a rubber sale, but everything is free. And we don't go the traditional route of advertising. We don't put it in the paper. We um, call school counselors. We go through churches. We contact higher-up ministries in Boxwood. We really want to get the word out to the people that absolutely need it. Uh, it's it's uh, 
blessed last year at our last giveaway in the fall, we blessed over 550 kids uh, with free things in the gym. And it's just been so inspirational to us as the workers as well as the people out there um, that we keep bringing in donations as well. So um, uh, one of the translations of the verse 17 is, unless you give your faith feet, it is dead. And I really like that because you want to hit the ground running and you want, if God gives you inspiration to do something, you need to do it and you need to do it well. And he's going to bless you and put it in your lap. Uh, to know how to do it and uh, I guess my goal for you all is to have passion in life and my thought is to explore your passions and to see if God puts a burden on your heart and to test it to see if it's a if it's a self burden or if it's a God burden and the way you can do that is through scripture um, and it, just like the ministries that we've started at Christian Life Church, whether it be food on the sidewalk that develops into something or, or bringing plastic bags, you know, for your friends and it turns into a kid's pantry. It, it's all, if it's God-inspired, He will bless it. And I just challenge you guys to find a verse that really speaks to you and see where God develops you. Thank you. Good morning. Happy Mother's Day to all you beautiful moms out there. My name is Amanda Nisley. I am married to Steve. We've been married for almost 11 years. We have three healthy, handsome little boys. Noah is nine, Elijah is seven, and Aaron is three. They bring us so much joy most of the time. <laughs> but those of us who have children, uh, several of us in this church have three boys or more or just numerous children, you know that you're going to have uh, days where you just kind of question what you're doing and if you're doing the right thing. Uh, but in those trying times, I cling, cling to my favorite scripture. And that scripture is Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This scripture hit me years ago, um, and I just... I turn to it daily. I either pray it or say it daily. I have a bracelet that has my anniversary on it, my boys' names on it, and then Philippians 4.13. And this gets me through the rough days with the boys, making the right decisions in a relationship, or just something that was maybe asked of me, like today, when Daryl asked me to speak. I was excited and honored, but then the nerves kicked in. And I thought, can I really do this? But I'm here, and you guys are listening, so thank you. Uh, so being a mom of three boys can be challenging, and I sometimes wonder why God thought that I could do this, why he thought that I come from a family of five, I have three older sisters and a younger brother, why he thought Amanda could raise three boys. I will tell you, most days I feel like I'm failing, and I'm messing them up more than I'm succeeding, but that's when I turn to God and just ask him to get me through and to just help me guide them and lead them to grow up to be strong men of God. That is the ultimate goal. Uh, a few things I've learned over the years is that I'm not perfect. My children are not perfect. And it's okay to say sorry to your child and to own up to your mistakes. Sometimes I get caught up in the moment and I say or do things to my boys that I regret. 
but I have no problem talking to them through the situation, praying about it, and then asking them to forgive me. I think that is a, a really important thing that parents need to do, is to just ask for forgiveness and to just know that it's okay. We're going to make mistakes. We're not perfect. And that God will forgive us and our children will also. I've been reading a book recently, uh, and it's called Effective Parenting in a Defective World, and it's by Chip Ingram. I highly suggest it. This book is very powerful. I've, I'm only about, I think, four chapters in, and it's already changed my life. Uh, one thing that I've learned so far is that our children model us. And I know some of us, our children might be too young and you haven't seen it yet, but other, those of us, we've, we've seen it. Uh, and I've seen it in my boys. And where I've seen it is where I wanted to run and hide and thought, no, they, they didn't get that from me. That's not who I am. I don't scream like that. Why are you treating your brother like that? Where did you learn that? I'm guilty. So... Uh, and that's when I need to be more careful and ask God for strength in the situation and really try to control my response to the boys. Uh, motherhood also has so many joys. This morning, my two oldest gave me breakfast in bed. I had actually gotten up before them because my youngest, who's three, decided that he wanted to be up very early this morning. Uh, so I got up, and the two older ones came down, and they saw me, and I could just tell they weren't happy that mom was already up. So I told them that I was going to go upstairs and take a shower, and instead I laid back in bed. And it was about 10 minutes later, they came up with a bagel, with cream cheese and butter, and coffee that they had made by themselves. I think Daddy assisted a little bit last night, and, and training them how to do it. And they were just so happy, and they said, when we saw you up, we knew, we, you know, we needed you to go back to bed. And I, and I kind of knew. So... It just, you know, at nine and seven, just the love that they have and to just show the appreciation in the small things. Um, I love that when I can leave for a half an hour to an hour and when I walk in the door, my three-year-old comes running up, I've missed you. I haven't been gone that long, but okay. You know, that's great. I've missed you too. I, I always miss my boys. Um, and then I, my nine-year-old, I will walk him into school and I will still hug and kiss him goodbye and he's not embarrassed. And I love that because there's going to be a day where I'm sure they're going to be embarrassed of mom. And I just love that he's, my seven-year-old, he's a little different, different personality. He doesn't like the hugs and kisses. So I kind of try to do that when nobody's looking. But what my seven-year-old does that I love is that he still loves to cuddle and to climb up on my lap and is always wanting to have attention. And it's just wonderful that the love that they have and I just pray that they continue to love them and I don't smother them too much. Um, but one thing I want to leave with you today is a quote from the book that I'm reading by Chip Ingram. The greatest gift you can give to them is to not teach them how to become Christ-like. It's to be Christ-like yourself. Love your spouse as your primary relationship in this world. Treat your children with both grace and discipline. Let love be the foundation in everything you do. Thank you. That was uh, just wonderful to hear all those moms share. And I just want to say that we have 
strong women in our church that God has blessed, and they live by the power of God. And so I want to thank all the women that shared last night and this morning, and thank you for the gift that you gave uh, to us as a church, and also the gift that you gave to your family. I hope that you give what you wrote down today and give that to your family so they have a copy of it. Um, but uh, uh, And council member guys, you need to buy a very nice gift for your wife because that's hard. it's hard to stand up here, isn't it? It's hard to come up and, and share. But uh, the other thing is that when you share and it's just short like that, but it's so much heart, is a lot of times we don't catch everything that was said and, and there is so much meat in what was being said. And so that's why we're going to put both Saturday night and Sunday, so that you can hear all the ones that you heard today, plus uh, uh, Laura and Lori from last night, and we want you to be able to hear all of them and get that inside of your heart and uh, just fill up with it. But what a beautiful, beautiful day it's been in the house of God. And we have a couple special things this week I just want to make you aware of before I invite the most beautiful mom here, my wife Leslie, to come up. Um, but before I do that, uh, there are a couple things happening this week that I didn't mention earlier because I want to mention before we leave because this is uh, very important. But uh, we are a part of the Full Gospel Fellowship of Churches. We oversee our church, and I oversee a uh, 10-state region. And we're actually hosting a regional conference this weekend here for pastors and ministries from across the Midwest. And uh, Thursday and Friday evening, we're going to have special services here with worship, prayer, and a word by Ken Harbaum, who's a pastor from Eden, Ohio, who's just full of faith. He's one of my good friends that I love talking to on the phone because every time I talk to him, I get so excited about God and what he's saying and what he's doing. He's going to be preaching here both Thursday and Friday night. And while it's pastors and people from across the, the Midwest coming, I want to invite you to come out because I don't know if you're like me. Sometimes I need more during a week than just the weekend service. I want more time with God. And so this Thursday night and Friday night, if you only want to come one, that's great. If you want to come both, you can do that. But Friday night, Thursday night and Friday night, we'll have special services here at Christian Life. And I want you to know that you are welcome to be a part of that and invite anybody that you'd like to to come to that as well. Also, before we go, in the lobby, there's a bake sale and all the proceeds from the bake sale go to the kids' pantry here at Christian Life. So if you want to get mom an extra sweet on Mother's Day, just go out and pick that up. Or if you just want a sweet for yourself, probably like me afterwards, just go ahead and grab that. But all the proceeds go to the kids' pantry. And there is there are some clothes, right, Jerry? There's some clothes and some toys and games and puzzles and things in the back of the gym. We're going to be open after service when you go and get your children. Uh, anybody, and it doesn't have to be just people with children, if you know someone in need or you just know somebody who's having a baby, you want to bless them, please go in there, grab whatever you want to take. We need to get it out of there today. So take whatever you want today and bless somebody with it. Would you stand for the blessing of the Lord as we go? And I'm going to invite Leslie to uh, give us the blessing. And then also uh, there's a very, very special gift for all the women here today, not just the, the moms, but for all the women. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Lord, we just thank you for today. We thank you for Mother's Day. We thank you for all the women who shared. And Lord, we just thank you for each person here. We ask that you bless them today. In Jesus' name, amen. And we have a gift here. Get off your knees and pray for all the women here, if you're a mother or not. So just please come up and take one before you leave. Thank you. All right.
Come on down, women. Grab a book and uh, fellowship with one another. Have a great Mother's Day. God bless you.